Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where we've got an itch that needs to be scratched. I'm Patrick Mathers, the pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, elder, Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship, itchy and scratchy. That was a cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah. What was that on? I think oh, that was the Simpsons. I was going to say right. it's the cartoon on a cartoon. On a cartoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like their version of Tom and Jerry or something, right? Yeah. And it was super violent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they would cut each other in half. And yeah, some stuff. Oh, it's yeah. the itchy and scratchy <laughs> show. Yeah, I need to auto tune that. <laughs> I said itchy and scratchy because you did a little ow ow and scratched your armpit there, like my dog does when he's got the flea. I didn't even notice I was doing that. But every time you say hello, you remind me of a cartoon dog. Hello. Hello. I don't think I've ever been a cartoon. Picture when you say hello, you either sound like a bloodhound, mm-hmm. maybe a uh, basset hound, definitely a droopy hound of some kind. Ah. Hey, dude. How do you feel about people's travel photos on Instagram? That was. Is it just Instagram or is it anywhere that, was, that you absolutely hate people's travel? <laughs> like vehemently. That was a subtle transition. Like stand up out of there. your seat. All well, right. So no, I, was, I was getting ready for a good old fashioned rant. I transitioned. When, when Pat came over and he stopped me. Wait, you were All building but, up to it before I got here? No. Oh, okay. No, like when you first got oh, in okay, and we were okay. hanging out in my yeah, living yeah. room. And I was like, I was mid rant. I was like ramping up. And you like put practically put a hand in my face like no yeah not until we record yep yep why aren't we recording this so I'm getting revved up again you're gonna get me revved up again I had to explain myself and here's the thing Eiffel Tower Eiffel, I went off on the Eiffel Tower you I did started that's where listen, I paused you listen man okay if you want to reenact a photo that like everybody's reenacting like you want to do that thing where you're like holding up the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Like, that's, that's, that's fine. Awesome. Well, that's cool. Why do you like that and not the Eiffel Tower? I'm talking about people who t- are taking pictures of these boring buildings. It's like a government building in, like, Belgium. Okay. Or, like, some random cafe in Colombia. And you're just taking pictures of everything that you've ever seen before in another country. All the mundane stuff. That's We've okay. You're right. I was going off on the off field. We've we've. I seen, literally have a parking lot picture from when I was in Scotland. We've like seen, it is the parking lot. We've seen thousands of pictures of the Eiffel Tower before. Now, do we? John need Knox s- is buried in that parking lot. I was about to say, but you can't. As tell. soon as you said parking lot, I just assumed that you were talking about John Knox. I I remember. <laughs> I remember Mark Driscoll, which is going to make some people like what I'm about to say even less. But I remember him making some joke because like he got back from yeah. Scotland and saw that grave. And uh, it's yeah, it's like a little, a little, a little tiny marker. It's barely a in marker a, yeah. in a par- It's literally a parking spot. He said like in the resurrection of the dead, John Knox is going to hit his head on a Kia. He's gonna- <laughs> if they have Kias over there, I'm not right. sure if they do. Uh, no, like if you're... If it's a picture of something interesting, if it's a picture of something that I haven't seen a thousand times in a travel magazine, then great. I don't know. I, I feel less less fiery about it now than I did when you first got here. 
I don't even remember why do what you picture. Even, why do you care? No, you were pissed. You were like, <laughs> I think it's based. It's, I think it's no, based you on were pissed. No, I think it's based on I'm the person you, too, because uh, you pointed out Augie takes pictures every time he travels. In yeah, this month, and I love them. And you, love and you them, know what else? You didn't like the Eiffel Tower. K- Caleb's pictures that he's taking. From Col- not Colum- Chile. Chile. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I had a dream. I'm fine with those. Those are good, too. Okay. But there are some where when I see them, I'm just like, why are you wasting my time? So I had a dream last night that me and Andy were in Chile, mm-hmm. and it had to do with Caleb. I think he inspired it because um, he said they were having earthquakes, and I had a dream that it was like earthquake like constantly. Like we were walking, <laughs> it was an earthquake, and trying to eat at the cafe, and it was an earthquake. It was amazing. So I was okay, started to say this, and then this is when I think you put the hand in my face. I think most travel pictures are the equivalent of that person who's six inches away from a speaker at a concert in an arena, and they're showing you like an hour-long video of this artist playing all these songs at a concert, and uh-huh. it's like, I am getting nothing out of this experience. <laughs> As the person who's watching this video you posted. Wow. You, you're so unsympathetic. You could be enjoying the moment that you're in right now more if you were undistracted by making sure everybody knows where you are and what you're beholding. And so in my mind, when you take a video of you at a concert, everybody loses. Everybody. So, so I'm in San Juan, Puerto Rico on my anniversary, yep. and me and Andy are having some good cachachules or whatever it is that we're eating, which were amazing. I don't remember. I just made that word up. But they were delicious from some street vendor, and I took a picture of him with the cachachulos, and you're sitting here in America all super angry with me and teed off because I dared to show a picture of Puerto Vi- not Puerto, Vi- Puerto Rico. <laughs> You don't even know where you are, man. That's why you need to take pictures. It's like your like trail of crumbs so you know how to get back to the ship. <coughs> then why are you mad at me? Why are you I'm mad? Not. Maybe that's everybody, and you're just the only one who can remember everything about your life. No, I'm, I'm, I don't need pictures. Dude, I lived it. Dude, you know better than most <laughs> that I'm not great with directions. <laughs> we got through Portland. I, we, there's only one little incident, but that was because there's a bike race in the yeah, middle of this- town. Stinking cop. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. He was he was salty. I think he was just mad he was had to be out there. He's a piece of work. So he's going to take it out on everybody, and you were number one. Hey, dude. Hey. <laughs> I still don't get it. I'd, I'm never going to get it, but that's okay. I like think I you said, should... I think you revealed in me that I'm just bitter. I think it has more to do with the person posting it. Than I think it has more content, to do so. that you haven't been there yourself. If you had been to Belgium, I think you'd have a little bit more like, oh, yeah. Even if you didn't see that building. If you had been to Italy and seen the Eiffel Tower, which isn't in Italy, it's in France. I don't think that's true because every time someone posts a picture of them going on a hike to Monkey Face on like a Saturday Uh. or Sunday morning, I'm like, ugh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a jerk. Well, it's about time. I usually oh, me. I, say, I almost never get to play the part of the jerk. I don't even play the part. Like I just be normal, and people get like all mad at me for some reason. I mean, sometimes I get it. Sometimes I have no, I have no clue why people get salty at me. Anyways, hey, we got a question of the day. Uh, yeah, it's if God is omnipotent and all powerful, 
Why did he take six days to create everything? Why not speak it into existence all at once? And if I'm being honest, this is something I've actually thought about myself. For sure. Not in a, like, what's the deal with that? Like, what's the problem? (laughs) But, like, if he took six days, Mm -hmm. obviously there's intentionality and purpose in it. Right. Do you do you have think you have an answer? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I don't think I have a good one to okay. be honest. Okay. Other than God is purposeful and intentional, um, and yeah, I'm actually really interested to learn on this one. All right, crack my knuckles. As soon as you say it, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, vitals. of course. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. when you know there's a microphone in your face and you have to produce it. Well, it, it is, it's honestly one of the, in my opinion, the better questions that we've been asked. That's true. Because it's taking, it's taking God seriously. It's taking his word seriously. It's taking into account the fact that he is perfectly capable to do these things. And while there might be an element of cynicism lingering in the back of this question i don't think there is though i I don't think there needs to be you don't think so no because like i said i've thought this before too and i definitely wasn't being cynical sure sure so the first thing when we back up we need to ask ourselves what is the story of the bible and it can be summed up in four words creation fall redemption restoration Okay, Mm -hmm. that's the whole Bible summed up in those four words. So we're talking about the very first of those words, creation. So if we're going to have any kind of insight on why God did something the way he did, it's going to point forward to the fall, and then it's going to point forward to redemption and restoration as well. Basically, what we're going to find is that whatever this is if it's going to answer the answer is going to be anything it's going to end up being Jesus and while that's you know it it can be just considered by some to be the Sunday school answer in reality i think that there's a whole lot to that here's why so god takes 6 days to create and then on the 7th day brian what does he do he rests he rests and that day becomes the what Sabbath. The Sabbath day. Now, now these are questions I can answer. Yeah, right. keep them coming. <laughs> so he rests on the Sabbath. The Sabbath day becomes a perpetual day of observance of both rest and worship throughout all of Scripture, even to the point where there are still some today we, who follow Sabbath observance who would even be considered Christians. I think of the Seventh-day Adventists who still worship on Saturday, and some of them would say that it's the mark of the beast if you worship on Sunday and that we're demonic. But The mark of the beast. Yeah, but that's not most. They're not dramatic That's at not all. most. There are some who believe that, but, but not most. A lot of them are Protestant Christians who have different views on food laws and on the Sabbath itself. And you know, we worshipped in the Seventh-day Adventist church for quite a while over there on, on Hooker Oak. Is it on Hooker Oak? Yeah, it's on Hooker Oak. <clears throat> so the Sabbath is something that's very important and very meaningful throughout 
the history of the Bible, throughout the history of the world, history of even redemption. That's important Mm -hmm. because we, we see that when God gives the law later on in the book of Exodus and then re-gives it again in the book of Deuteronomy. One of the Ten Commandments is keep the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Don't don't perform work, rest, worship, and enjoy family day together. So how does that bridge the gap between why did God create everything in six days? Well, God took those six days to create everything not because he needed to do it. You see, the, the problem with the question is not, well, if God's omnipotent, then why didn't he just speak it all at once? God is all omnipotent. He certainly could have done it. But the reason that he did it this way is to give us, for people, a pattern and a habit of life. Okay? There's a reason why seven days works. Everywhere you go on earth, seven-day week works. And the reason is, is because it's the way God instituted it. And he instituted it for us as people. He knows us. He created us. He gave us this rhythm and function in life. And so he wants that. He wanted originally that day of rest. But that day of rest didn't just, wasn't an end in and of itself, which I think is the problem with a lot of the Old Testament Jewish observance and some of the more modern um, desire to keep the Sabbath is that somehow it's an end in and of itself. That this, I do this, and my worship culminates on this day, in this place. My week culminates here. Everything is working and focusing towards this one day, which is understandable under the Old Covenant, right? I mean, because you have... This week, you have these rhythms and structures within the week. And so everything builds up to this day where you worship, you spend it with your family, and you rest. And then the next day, you get up and you go about it, you know, your business as normal. In the New Testament, it's one of the frequent accusations that people bring against Jesus is that he breaks the Sabbath day. Because the day is so important in and of itself. The day was instituted by God to point us to Christ. In John chapter 5, Jesus, it's a kind of weird story. There's this guy sitting next to a pool in Jerusalem, and he is lame, can't walk, and Jesus comes up and says to a dude, hey, do you want to be made well? It's a good question. He doesn't answer it, though. He says, nobody can help me get to the pool when the angel comes and stirs the waters because there was a... Urban uh, legend? Superstition, yeah, that that if the waters get stirred by this angel, the first one to hop in gets healed. I have no idea how something like that gets started, but they're urban legends, right? They, They abound and they're everywhere. Well, this was one of them. And Jesus, rather than going over and stirring the pond for himself... He says just to the dude, get up, take your bed and walk. And the guy is healed immediately. And it was the Sabbath. So the religious leaders in Jerusalem were hot. They were super mad, came to Jesus. And it says they persecuted him because he was doing these things on the Sabbath day. 
and they saw healing as a work that violated the Sabbath day. But Jesus says this, he answered them and said, my father is working until now and I am working. That's huge. So what Jesus is saying here, so God rested on the seventh day. Everybody knows that. Everybody's aware of that. So these people, because God rested on the Sabbath, they're resting on the Sabbath. Jesus violates the Sabbath. They say, why are you doing something you're not supposed to be doing on the Sabbath? Unlike what God did, he rested on the Sabbath. And Jesus's answer is not, oh yeah, you're right. Or, oh, well, you just misunderstand the Sabbath. No, he actually goes further than that and says, no, God is working on the Sabbath. God is working right now. I am working right now. And it says, this is why the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Okay. So without getting in too deep here, I don't want to talk over people's heads here, but we've talked before about Sabbath, yeah. Sabbath rest, mm-hmm. and about how the way that we honor the seventh commandment, right? Fourth. Fourth. Yeah, I was close. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> is uh, that our rest is in Christ. Ooh, this is... Just say it like you know what you mean. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So at what point did it go from being that we would actually rest on what would be Saturday? Mm-hmm. To where, where was, so it's just like a gray area during the time that Jesus was alive and fulfilling our rest. So Jesus is, I I understand after like his death, burial, resurrection, I understand before Christ, but during that period, like it's kind of interesting because to give just a teeny, teeny, teeny bit of humanity to the Pharisees here, um, like, you wouldn't know that my rest isn't this man that I'm calling out for working on the Sabbath. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or even, well, like, like well, cut no. the Pharisees out of this. Cut the Pharisees out of this. Like, a normal Jew. I understand the objection, but Jesus assumes that they should have known better. Sure. And by reading the Old Testament, the, the problem is, is they read it in a way that didn't allow for Christ to be the fulfillment. You see, they were reading it in a way that was wooden literal fundamentalist, like this says on this day, it can't be anything else. Therefore, you have to be wrong. When instead, Christ is the fulfillment of it, that their interpretation wouldn't allow for that. But Jesus, when he was alive, so there's one story in Mark 2 where him and his disciples are walking on the Sabbath. They pick some grain out of the wheat field and they rub it in their hands and they get the husks off of the wheat kernels and they eat the wheat kernels. That's considered work according to the Jews of that day. And so they come and accuse him. They said, what are you doing? Why are you doing what isn't lawful? And he talks about another story, but at the end of it, he said, the Sabbath was made for man. God created the world in seven days for man. Okay, 
not man for the Sabbath. Okay? God didn't create man so he could plug him into the Sabbath day. God created in seven days with the intention that it would benefit man and it would benefit man ultimately because it pointed to our ultimate rest in Jesus Christ. And in doing so, he says, the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So during that inner little middle period of time, (coughs) Jesus was taking his role as Lord of Lords and King of Kings and taking the old Sabbath rituals and all the traditions that had risen up around it and trying to dust them off. Yeah. You know, trying to clean them up to point to himself rather than all of these people stuck on the day, which is why earlier I was saying it was an end in and of itself, right? These people just looked at the day and could see no further than that. But the day was supposed to point to Christ, point to God. So when Jesus says, I am working and my father is working, and the Jews understood he was calling himself God there, yeah, they wanted to kill him for blasphemy, but also because he was changing their understanding of the Sabbath, when in reality all he was doing was taking the original creation order and displaying it. He was showing himself to be the fulfillment of that seven-day creation. So when the questioner asks, why create in six days when he's omnipotent? The answer is, well, it's because the Sabbath was created for man to point us to Christ. So the rest that man needed on that day that God provided for him was ultimately not, I said, an end in and of itself, but a means to an end, meaning the mean of my resting on a day should indicate I need something more than this because this never ends. Next week, I'm going to need another rest. Next week, I'm going to need another rest. Next week, I'm going to need another rest. When does it end? Well, it ends in Christ. It doesn't end when I finally take a big solid nap, you know? Right. I, I, get, I get a whole eight hours rest in, you know, or something like that. It ends when I find my security in Christ and I can rest in him and his righteousness and in that alone. So you see, that fulfills the creation fall, right? Fall is why we need a rest. God created that Sabbath Sabbath day understanding the fall would occur and we're going to need that redemption on a day and ultimately in Jesus Christ. Totally. Yeah, so... When we come to, you know, again, the Hebrews is the best chapter, the, I think the best place to go in this. It says, if Joshua had given them rest, meaning rest in a land, God would not have spoken of another day later on, so there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever entered God's rest, rested from his works, just as God did from his. So the writer of Hebrews sees the ultimate fulfillment in the fact that Joshua couldn't provide a rest when they came into the nation of Israel, but there is a greater Sabbath rest for the people who are God's because we are resting from our works just as God did from his. So when the writer of Hebrews equates creation with our rest in Christ, he's uniting the two. We, we see this bridge from Hebrews chapter 4, the new covenant, all the way back to creation, going over and above all of the old covenant, right? Mm. 
going over and above all of that covenant of works that Christ fulfilled when he lived a perfect life and fulfilled on our behalf when he died for our sins and then gave us the new covenant of belief and trust in him. So the covenant is, I am your God, I am your Christ, I am your Savior, you're now mine, you're my people. And that's where we find our ultimate rest. So people are trying to find rest in all kinds of things. We're joking around about traveling. Well, one of the things travel is supposed to do is give you rest, give you perspective. You know, it's, it's good in what it does, but it's artificial. It's never going to provide the thing that ultimately you're searching for when you travel, when you're looking for rest, when you're looking for you know, these new experiences, the ultimate fulfillment of that is always in Jesus Christ. Sweet. Yeah. I hope that's a good enough answer. I mean, if it isn't, I don't know what else is because <laughs> I think that's, that's a, I think that ties it up in a nice bow and is consistent with all of scripture there. So while the questioner was really asking a question about the power of God in creation, you know, and I went a different direction. I think you need to when you begin to talk about, well, why six days and not seven? Well, it's obvious that he was, like I said, that it was intentional and with purpose. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that it would be to teach us something, show us something, and being an example is obviously a very powerful way to do that. Hey, dude, you want a fun question of the day? No. Okay. I mean, fine. No, I'm going to give you a stinker then. <laughs> Okay, you ready? Yeah. If we could, as a world, solve all of our problems via another way besides war, what would it be? Countries fighting against countries. You know, we just stepped out of this nuclear treaty with Russia and and we're, we're ramping up another arms race, it's supposed to be told to us. What, if there were no weapons, would be an alternative to war? Okay. Drinking game is off the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Andrew Riggs already gave us that. That's one. not where I'm going. He anyway. said the Irish and the Russians would be the superpowers if drinking was the. Yeah, I'm not going that okay. route at all. All right. All right. So I, anytime anybody is trying to figure out a way to solve a dispute, I always have the exact same answer. Woo. Always. Woo. So picture this: you have one world leader pitted against another world leader, Indian leg wrestling. <laughs> That's over too quick. That's the beauty of it. It's over. Is it like two out of three? No, absolutely not. One time. How often have you seen Indian leg wrestling? Like go back and forth. Well, how often have I seen Indian leg wrestling? Dude, there is always maybe like three times in my life. It's not a back and forth kind of sport. Like there is a clear victor every time. Yeah. Oh, and you could do it as many times as you want. (laughs) It's a matter of strength and leverage. It's very rarely close. (laughs) And, just imagine and who's ready on just three. imagine like Trump and some like Middle Eastern <laughs> <laughs> like sovereign just doing the like you get your leg over to where they cross and you do the whole one, <laughs> two, three. Yeah, just just picture Trump. Doing Dude, that. I'd be pissed. We would not we be would, a superpower anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's what would happen. We wouldn't vote for Trump. We would vote for like. I don't know. Who, a power lifter. Yeah, we would vote for somebody who's like super strong and or maybe some some MMA fighter because mm-hmm. they know how to use the leverage. Mm-hmm. That's what we would vote for. Trump would be hard to flip, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to lay here 
He dude, he eats a lot of fries. That guy. Did you see when he gave yes. out Big Macs to them guys? Yes. I'd have been stoked, honestly, because dude, you know what? We weren't allowed to go to McDonald's when I was a kid. For some reason, Mama Mathers hated McDonald's. My mom hated Pizza Hut. See, we went to like Burger King and my Taco mom Bell and- is an avid exerciser of the boycott. You pissed oh, my really? mom off one time. My family did not go back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's what I'm happened sure they felt Hut. the pinch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's how I felt as a child who just wanted Pizza Hut. Dude, I love McDonald's now all of a sudden. <laughs> it's because you couldn't have it. It's forbidden fruit. It is. Well, I just still, as an adult, I didn't go there very frequently, but lately I've been like, oh, two for five? Don't mind if I do. Nice. <laughs> I had so many people commenting on him handing out all that fast food. Like, congratulations, you won a national championship. Here's cold fast food. Because it's like it all cold. Dude, it's all laid out, and he's like taking <laughs> pictures with it and stuff. Do you think that there's like a McDonald's that's like, Five minutes away from the White House? Maybe oh, there is. There for sure is. I don't for know. sure is. There's probably one one minute away. Uh, I don't. Have you, you ever been in? Have it? you ever been to DC? Yeah, they're everywhere. Not in a long time though. They're everywhere. I'm sure they weren't cold. Guarantee I, you. I don't know. No, they weren't. I'd have eaten seven. <laughs> I'd. Have, I know gluttony's a sin, but I'd have come right up close. I'd have tap danced that line. Oh my gosh. I'd have gone right near the edge. McChickens all day. Oh, so good. How would I settle it, Brian? Do you know? A beard growing contest. Dude, I don't have any idea, to be perfectly honest. Here's you, what I think we should... You remember that from the Will Ferrell, like back when he was George W. Bush? No. Right after uh, the September 11th attacks, and uh, Will Ferrell, as George W. Bush, sends his message out to Osama bin Laden. <laughs> if you were a smart man, you would have challenged me to a beard growing contest <laughs> or a game of Scrabble. <laughs> But you broke numero uno, a rule numero uno. You mess with Texas. <laughs> so there you go. Beard growing contest there or a game go. of Scrabble. No, I, I'd, I'd pick something dumber. No, it's just not as funny. Dumber than a beard growing contest? <laughs> no, not, not as funny. I would have picked something like an actual debate. Oh. And let's think about things and let's actually talk about it. No, I brought it down. <laughs> okay. That sounds way different from what we do now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. It must, it's way different than what we do now. It must be another level in your fantasy land of a brain <laughs> where world leader, leaders debate. Actually talk about stuff. Yeah. Without the rhetoric. Oh, see? How am I like the fun one and you're the boring, predictable one now? And I'm the grumpy one today. This is a weird episode. Close us out. I don't know what we're doing. Goodbye.